0: Hey I'm Jordan, that's Lauren, and welcome to the His Film Her Movie podcast. It's so hot.
1: It's not that hot.
0: I'm so sweaty.
1: That is really attractive. Yeah. It's just what you want in a man.
0: Beautiful.
1: Sweatiness.
0: And I think that's a great place to start. Hello and welcome to episode eight. Hi. Of the His Film Her Movie Podcast, the situational movie podcast where we take something, pick two films, and then discuss them.
1: You made it sound really complicated then. <laughs> Basically, it's a really good excuse for us to watch films and people go, God, are you guys watching another film? We have to, it's for research. <laughs> it's, it's like a job. We're not enjoying it.
0: <laughs> Total lie. <laughs> I think there's some of the films we probably won't enjoy, but...
1: There will be some films that we won't enjoy. There yeah. Some, yeah, there's been films of yours that I've not enjoyed.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's mostly going to be on your side of me, <laughs> try, of me trying to ease you into the world of classic and art house cinema and you saying... What no. is that?
1: <laughs> Kicking and screaming. Yeah. That's alright. I do I do have a Jackie Collins film in the collection. So if I need to go back to utter trash where I can just sit back and relax and not have to think, that's game put on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so this week we're doing the curious case of the charming criminal.
1: Jordan likes alliteration. I do.
0: I do. So we wanted to do something on your lovable rogues. So, and what makes them so appealing so yeah. what makes a, like a lovable rogue appealing to you
1: it's got to have some sort of humanity right for me i've got to like them in the sense that you've got to be able to sort of put maybe not put yourself in their shoes but be able to imagine them as a real person and to be able to even not be able to imagine as a whole person, but go, yeah, that's like that's like a mm. that that trait is pretty much a personable yeah. trait, and you can see growth in them.
0: Yeah, so that's I like it. That. And I think it sort of plays into the idea of, I mean, the quote unquote bad boy as well or bad girl. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for the lovable role, I, I mean, I instantly, I instantly think of George Clooney in Ocean's Eleven, and just that suaveness.
1: I was going to say, George Clooney, isn't he meant to be like a humanitarian? Don't think he's that bad.
0: No, Ocean's Eleven, or even like Out of Sight, when I, mean, I really was going to pick Out of Sight for this Steven Soderbergh film, him and Jennifer Lopez, it's a film I absolutely love, and he is just quintessentially cool in it.
1: I do feel like that was possibly recommended
0: to right. me,
1: to pick that film.
0: Yeah, Out of Sight are really, really good.
1: I didn't, because I'd already picked mine, and I was like, I have my fun facts. <laughs> I have done it and George Clooney is very handsome. He is. I was told to watch the film because he was just fit (laughs) and then just got a message full of fit, 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 fit. I was like well I don't think I'm going to enjoy the film quite as much as this person.
0: (laughs) So we might as well get on our choices. Yes. So what did you choose this week?
1: (laughs) I picked Megamind. (laughs)
0: The Will Ferrell, Tina Fey, Brad Pitt animation yeah. vehicle.
1: When you said you have to pick like a lovable, ca- lovable criminal, our first thing that came to
0: mind. Make a mind, okay. Make a mind, yeah. So, and I think this is going to be a nice little <laughs> teaser of how things could go in the future as well. Because it's sort of what we were trying to do originally with the podcast. Yeah. And- uh, we would have this sort of mainstream versus the art house, but it hasn't really been like that. We've, all, we've actually been We've had pretty, a lot of
1: things quite similar. We have. And quite... So,
0: yeah. fast forward to this week, <laughs> where my choice is Ernst Lubitsch's 1932 film, Trouble in Paradise.
1: Very different.
0: Very different. Yes. Very different. I'm quite intrigued to hear what you think, uh, but where should we start?
1: Well, we can start with yours, because we've sat okay. with mine for the past, past few weeks. So, gentlemen first. <laughs> I was going to say age before beauty, but...
0: <laughs> I don't want to let your head get too big.
1: Exactly, I we'll won't be able to fit through the door. <laughs> I have a confession to make to you. Baron, you are a crook. You robbed the gentleman in 253, 5, 7 and 9. May I have the salt? Please. Thank
0: you. The pepper, too? No, thank you. You're very welcome. Countess, believe me, before you left this room, I would have told you everything.
1: And let me say this with love in my heart.
0: Countess, you are a thief. Trouble in Paradise, 1932 pre-code movie. Ernst Lubitsch, a pre-code. I'll get into that a little bit. I'm going
1: to get a lecture here. You
0: might get a little bit of a lecture, but it's interesting, I hope. If if it's not, you're going to turn off, aren't you? (laughs) So there you go. But no, yeah, Ernst Lubitsch movie. and He was sort of famous for his romantic comedies, Mm -hmm. his sort of love triangles, and just the way he approached scripts and how he approached his storytelling he he always had this thing like sort of got coined the lubitch touch Mm -hmm. um, and always trying to pick the most entertaining way to tell a scenario and we'll get into that a little bit later so he tells the story of gaston
1: i can't take that name seriously it makes me think of um
0: beauty and the beast Beast. yeah so it it tells the story of gaston who's played by herbert marshall Mm -hmm and Lily, played by Miriam Hopkins. Mm -hmm. And they are these... Well, Gaston is a master criminal, um, and Lily is a pickpocket. And they unknowingly pick each other as a subject, so therefore they have this relationship, but it's quickly realised that they actually know each other's identity. Mm -hmm. And they fall in love, and they then decide to pull (coughs) a trick on... Madame Colette, who is this? Well, led to believe, widower of a, a perfume empire.
1: See, I don't know if she was a widower. I just thought she bombed her husband off.
0: Maybe, maybe. I don't think it's quite clear, to be honest. It's
1: not because she, at this, when you first see her, they're going, "Oh, will your husband give you half?" And she's like, "No, hmm. I have all the money." Gaston
0: <laughs> charms his way into the the inner circle of Madame Colette, um, and begins to fall in love with her so you've got this idea of him having to choose or the, the influences of both females within that and for, for me hilarity ensues. shoes <laughs> 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 so this is one of my favourite eras of, of cinema, Okay, I adore it and you've got Ernst Lubitsch who and again I'm, I'm fascinated with the idea of these filmmakers who have came from the silent era to the talkies Mm -hmm. and how they do that, how they adapt through it. Because an art form hasn't changed so drastically ever. And there's no other art form like it and how it adapts. For example, if you're doing a painting, you're doing a painting. Yeah. If you're writing a novel, you're writing a novel. It doesn't really... Yes, maybe the way you sort of write it and structure it can change, but as in how it's built, how it's constructed... It completely changed when sound became part of film. Yeah. So this is, let's say, 1932, and they were still making silent films back in 1932, so you still had that crossover. And understanding some of the elements of how that is done, like you've got an opening scene where you've got this sweeping camera angle, you start off on one uh, window and you come through and you go into another one. Yeah, which just really good. And it, for the time, that is unbelievable the the time and the effort and there's no cgi and everything like that but what gets me most about *Troubled in paradise is for me the ideal romantic sophisticated comedy okay it just drips in charm and wit and eloquence and you've got miriam hopkins who i'm a big fan of and just how how films were back then Mm -hmm. and the dialogue between them and how it's so so tight and it's so sort of witty and it's so back and forth and it's just so instantly watchable and instantly enjoyable. Now, I have no idea how you thought about this film. Okay. Really looking forward to (laughs) finding out.
1: Okay. So I loved how it was shot. Everything was beautifully like art deco. It all looked very sumptuous. You could imagine just the money in it
0: costumes.
1: Everything. I was going to figure, I want that dress, and I want those jewels, and I want this, and I want that. It all looked amazing. The actors were really good. I thought it was wonderful, because I, I don't know if this is maybe one of the earliest films I've seen. I'm not very good at remembering when stuff was made, <laughs> so it might be, if not yeah. even one of the earliest films I've seen. All looked very good. The acting styles, like how they would be, you could see it in modern cinema.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I didn't find him lovable, though. Right. And the reason I didn't find him lovable was because there was no... I didn't see any sort of growth in it. You say, oh, he falls in love. But I put put that as a question mark. I was like, you can't tell. Yeah. Is it it a lie? Has he actually fallen in love? Yeah, and I was just like, "I, I don't know. So, for him, I found... Um, Lily and Madame Collet better. I found them deeper characters. They had a wider scope yeah. of emotions and just more of an actual person. I found him lacking a little bit. Well,
0: that's fine, but I think I think the ambiguity of if he does and if he doesn't but is not a little even bit. I think the
1: ambiguity of that, everything he does, ev- he, he never. It's it's all very ambiguous. You don't know if he's enjoying the party, you don't know if he's enjoying the opera, you don't know what he's Mm. actually thinking. And I think there are characters like that who are very good and they can get away with it, but there's always a little bit more depth to them. There's always a little bit of a, yes, well, he has this as well, or he's got this backstory and that's why he's like this. You don't get anything like that of Gaston. So I found him very difficult to kind of relate to because... It was kind of like he was the character was embodying the masculine man of mystery, but it 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 was missing something. He wasn't to me a complete man. Right. I, however, found Madame Collet. I thought she was wonderful. Put down. She's awesome. Loved that woman. Thought she was great. She was like, "Oh, three thousand francs too much for a handbag." I'm going to take one this three, like three hundred thousand, yeah. because it's covered in diamonds. That's, loved her from the is. minute that she bought that expensive yeah. handbag.
0: Care Francis is. is she wonderful.
1: knew what she wanted. She was going to get what she wanted. She was an independent woman. She that that's, she knew she knew her mind. Mm. Lily, when I first my first thing I wrote down about her was she seems very silly she was playing a character to trick Gaston. And then it's like, actually, she's very shrewd. She, um, she just, like, um, you, you see her and she's like, oh, there's a phone call for you. You go, okay, so she's got other friends who Mm. are in on this to do the phone call. You don't get anything of that with Gaston. It's he's a singular being and everybody else is in orbit around him. And that's, I think that's why.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I would include um, Miriam Hopkins, Lily, in my definition of the lovable criminals because she is. And what I like about Lily is, I mean, not only Miriam Hopkins because she is just an absolute delight, but she seems to be one step ahead of everybody at once. She's one of the smartest people in the film.
1: She does. She just gets a little bit too emotional. Yeah that was it. So I found her lovable. I was like, get on girl, you get your necklace, you get your money and you leave that cheating man. Good for (laughs) you. Him, I feel like, although the film centred around him, the main characters were the women. Yeah, And I just feel like maybe for the time, they couldn't have those women as being the front focus, so they put a man in, but... He wasn't a fully rounded character yeah. because these two women were the centre stage.
0: That's it, yeah. And for me, it's like the, there are certain elements and certain um, factors of the film that stand out for me. And one of them is, and you can see, you can get it right from the bat, is the opening—not the opening scene, but. When Gaston and Lily are sitting at the table, and <laughs> yeah. it's sort of this beautiful dance of dialogue mm-hmm. of like how you know both of them know who each other is and how they reveal that. And when they're at the table, it's like they've pickpocketed each other and how that is. And that's a bit of the Lubitsch touch there because yeah. he picks the best way to show everything. And when the, the ending joking with is the whole sort of garter belt and how yeah for the first time, that is kind of riskier. Hey, I
1: have no idea he would have, stole, how he would have stolen <laughs> that. So, you know,
0: great. And one interesting thing, I mentioned the, the code <clears throat> before, how it was pre-code. And there was a thing called the Hayes Code brought in in 1930. It the in 1968, so it was a big sort of stretch of Hollywood.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it was brought in to really guide the morality
1: is this because before that they were able to have more risque things? Yes. I've never heard it called that.
0: Hays Code.
1: Hays Code. I've not heard. It. I've I've read about it. I've seen things about it. So yeah, before before that, everything could be a bit ruder and a bit dirtier. Well, yeah. Sort of. And, that, and that's it. And this was
0: 1932, and they didn't really start implementing the Hays Code until 1934. So when that came in, this film actually got lost for decades. It got Aww. banned. Um, Because of its riskier nature and the fact that a big part of this film and what I enjoy about it, especially because it it shows people who, yes, understand love, Mm -hmm. but understand sex and get what they want. Like, for example, you've got Madame Collette, who is this person who wants something, she gets it.
1: Yeah, that's why I loved her.
0: And therefore you've got some scenes there where it's completely implied that Okay, they're just having sex for having sex. Mm-hmm. It's not for a family. It's not for love. It's just because they want it. Yeah. Um. But the Hays Code, I that that era, I think is really, really interesting because some of the the rules, and I've got some of the rules here. Okay. Okay. So
1: let's see how many I broke today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so one is pointed profanity. Yeah. I broke so that. by either title or lip, this includes the words God, Lord, Jesus, Christ. Um, unless you're using it within the connection of a prayer, yeah, the um, proper religious ceremonies, as it says.
1: I think I dropped something in the shower and probably broke all of those things <laughs> this morning.
0: <laughs> um, number two is any licentious or suggestive nudity, or in silhouette. Oh, okay. You've got uh, any illegal trafficking drugs.
1: I didn't break that one today. We're okay.
0: <laughs> any interference of a sex perversion. Which would include homosexuality?
1: Well, I was actually quite um, surprised because there was the Monsieur Philibert who, when he was being interviewed by the um, police, he said that he was meeting his associates. Yeah. And they sort of like all look at each other. Yeah. So I was like, I put associates. We, we
0: can get to Monsieur Philibert. He uh, really is one of my favourite characters in it. Um, number five is white slavery.
1: White slavery.
0: White slavery. What about just
1: slavery in general? There
0: we are. <laughs> um, Miscegenation, which is sex relationships between white and black. Scenes of actual childbirth. I get that one, okay? Yeah, I get that one too. Children's sex organs. I get that one as well. Yeah. Ridicule of the clergy. could yeah. not do that. <laughs> or willful offence of any nation, race or creed. But then they had some sort of like try and stay away froms, which included things like... Um, a man and a woman in bed together.
1: What, just like sitting in bed?
0: Yeah. Um, seduction. Mm-hmm. Brutality. And it was just, any lustful kissing. And that's an interesting one because there's a story, and it's a story I love as well. It's in a film called Notorious, mm-hmm. um, which is the Alfred Hitchcock film, which, which was made under the code of Hollywood. You could only kiss for three seconds. So your kiss could only last three seconds. So the way they got he got around it was: they would kiss, count for three seconds, break, and kiss again, and break and kiss again. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like his two fingers up to um, the the man as it would seem. I quite like that. But and what I think, I mean, Billy Wilder, who is sort of seen as one of the best. Filmmakers, writers, directors—there is. I mean, I know you've seen one of his films, *Some Like It Hot*. Yes, I
1: love but that But *Sunset
0: film. Boulevard*, *Of the Apartment*, *Double Indemnity*—he was a massive, massive fan of Ernst Lubitsch and took a lot of what he did into his own work. Mm-hmm. And you can you can see it throughout, sort of *Some Like It Hot* and *The Apartment*. I think
1: I've got *Some Like It Hot* for one of our other yeah. situations.
0: So yeah, getting to Monsieur Philippe. That opening scene where he's describing how he got robbed to the Italians, Italian police. I have
1: to say, some subtitles would have been very helpful.
0: (laughs) But I think the part of the joke was how the guy was replaying his words. But there was other
1: bits in Italian, and all I know is ciao.
0: (laughs) But, yeah, but the whole story about his tonsils and how that comes back. And, again, how we find out in the end that... He realizes who Gaston is. Mm-hmm. It, it's through that doctor and how it it's not really said throughout the film, but then it comes out back at the end. it's just it's a really nice through line. Yeah,
1: that was good. Also, that man's got a really good like memory for faces. Yeah. If I randomly saw somebody like a year ago, I would be able to tell them what they look like like tomorrow. Never mind, like a year later.
0: Well that's it. but yeah, I mean, I really do love this film. It's just sort of your old classic. Hollywood tale. I mean, it has. Hey, I have got some lines here, and just when people, it doesn't feel real. But when you've got two people who is sort of like, you wanted a hundred thousand francs, and I thought you wanted me. I came to rob you, but I ended up falling in love with you. It's just so sort of beautifully written.
1: It's beautifully written, just delivered by a man <laughs> who has no emotion.
0: But again, the scene when they're sort of nearly kissing. And the snapping the fingers,
1: mm-hmm. I mean,
0: that is very very. That, <laughs> that, that is
1: really that was really good. Yeah, that was like the only sort of part of him where he kind of seemed a bit more human. Yeah, but
0: the heat behind that and yeah. the, the undertones and everything like that, oh, so so good. And I'm glad. Did you, did you like it? Did we? Uh... I
1: liked it. It wouldn't be on like my top one hundred, but I liked it, and I would recommend people to go watch it to be able to go and maybe see something completely different.
0: It, I mean, it won't be the last Ernst uh, Lubitsch film on our list and it won't be the last Miriam Hopkins film That's on our list because I love those two.
1: That is fine by me.
0: So Trouble in Paradise. Should we move on to Meg-
1: Mind Time for the children to come
0: out. <laughs> <sighs> oh. Miss Ritchie, we meet again. Would it kill you to wash the bed? You can scream all you wish, Miss Ritchie. I'm afraid no one can hear you. Why isn't she screaming, Miss Ritchie? If you don't mind, like this. Ah! But that's that's a poor lady's scream. Ah! She's a little better. Ah! 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 Is there some ah! kind of nerdy supervillain website where you get Tesla coils and blinky dials? Actually, most of it comes from an outlet story. Don't answer that. Romania. Take us through it.
1: Okay, so Megamind was the 2010 Now I don't know If you say Tom McGrath Like I, you yeah. Or McGrath
0: Not sure, he's American
1: We're going to go with Tom McGrath Because that sounds more American than Tom McGrath um, So for people who haven't seen it It's basically It's kind of a little It's kind of a rip off of Superman Versus Lex Luthor yeah. But if Lex Luthor won and got rid of Superman what would he do with all the power and what I why I I picked this film because you start off you have the general Megamind's evil, Metro Man is good, Will Ferrell plays Megamind and um, Brad Pitt Plays um, Metro Man And I just think He's really good at playing Metro Man He sounds like an absolute arrogant ass all the way through <laughs> And I'm like yeah I, c- I could believe that you would be a superhero And it's the general um, Good versus evil Crazy schemes ensue They fight Megamind always loses and gets chucked back into jail I think it's quite a fun one For kids mm-hmm. Because it's got the, the silliness Like Megamind's blue and has a big head he looks silly the characters are fun and colorful and mess around mm. i think as you get older i think it's an also a very good look at the nature versus nurture theory yeah. and also the whole people and um, being perceived and then just living up to society's expectations of them mm. um megamind was well megamind and metroman are both orphans of Come from other planets.
0: Yeah, like next to each other. Like
1: next to each other, yeah. And um, Met- Metro Man has been given the best start in life, with the best family, the most money, best education. He is very handsome. Everybody very charming. Everybody loves him. Yeah. Mega Mind crash landed in a prison. So basically we had-, had nothing. Yeah. He's not had any positive role models around him. He went to school, he tried to get on with people, and people just automatically went, You're weird, don't like you, and just laughed at him until the point where he would try to be make friends and people would be like, No, still don't like you. You, you. That went wrong, so you're weird and nobody likes you. So he went, Well, bugger this. I'm just gonna I'm really good at being bad, so I'm just gonna be bad. Until he manages to get rid of Metro Man and then he realizes that his life really doesn't have any purpose. He's got everything handed to him.
0: Yeah.
1: And it, it's also the case of like looking at it going, if you have everything just handed to you, you you've got nothing to live for, nothing to work for. So he makes up his own new nemesis. He makes up a serum and he accidentally injects it to a guy. Called Hal, who's played by Jonah Hill, who becomes Titan. yeah, And, and the... hilarity ensues for everybody, <laughs> not just for Jordan. <laughs> um, I, I like it because, for me, he's a lovable criminal because he is doing what society is expecting. He's being the criminal and the mastermind and everything that people expect him to be. He does all this and then he realizes um, when he starts to fall for Roxy, who is um, played by Tina Fey, yeah. that there's more to life.
0: And, she saw and the just, yeah. all, she's sort of Louis Lane, Carol, she's a reporter,
1: also, she always gets abducted, kid. that sort of thing. He realizes that there's more to life yeah. than just stealing things, trying to take over the city. You see him trying to make amends for things that he's done and getting more joy. ...out of it than what he'd ever got out of it. Yeah. And in the end, being the good guy. And that's what I really like about it.
0: So here's a question for you. Do you, mm-hmm. To be a likeable villain, does the hero need to be a bit douchey?
1: No. I don't think so. I just think that the villain needs to be more than just... I'm bad. I'm coming for this. Because if Mega Mind, like I said with... Gaston, there is no backstory. Megamind, minds, you can see, he just wanted to be like a normal person. He yeah. wanted to be liked, but he's had so much stuff against him that he's gone, to you know what, I'm just going to be exactly what you guys keep on telling me that I am because it's not worth the effort.
0: Which which you do get through yeah. childhood, you get to it. And, um, I mean, do you want me to yeah. tell you what I think? I mean, this is the first film, I believe, that I hadn't seen.
1: Had you not seen this film? I have not
0: seen this film. Yay!
1: Yet. Oh.
0: So yeah, and I, I, do you know what? I did, I enjoyed it. I went in there with a bit, bit of trepidation. I was like... That's oh. because
1: you're a snobby film person.
0: I am, I am. And you're
1: like, oh, mine's 1932. <laughs> Art House Black and White. You've picked a CGI kids film <laughs> with a bunch of famous, famous people in it.
0: But it's fun. And it, it did, in the first act, take me off guard because I didn't expect... The, the twist of, I mean, it's not really a twist, but the fact that a Mind kills Metro Man.
1: Yeah, I love that bit.
0: <laughs> so then you've got the idea of like short term goals.
1: I just love his panic going, What? I've won! No. Um, <laughs> and he's like, Oh crap, what have I
0: done? And just understanding like how some of this film takes place after the third act of most of the superhero films. Yeah. Just like what happens after, after after the credits what 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 goes on
1: what happens if evil actually did win
0: yeah and it, it really is it, it that sort of took me off guard. I didn't I didn't really get you know, get that sort of element of it mm-hmm. and yeah there's fun I mean we watched this maybe three days ago yeah and even though I did enjoy it I can't really remember any of the gags so it hasn't really stayed with me but it's one of those where when it's on it has your attention mm-hmm. you laugh you get invested in it. I mean, you've got Will Ferrell being great, David Cross as the Minion.
1: Yeah, he's just called Minion. He's a fish in a robot suit. And I do like loved, David Cross. Loved Minion. Minion was great. You also have Ben Stiller in it.
0: Who plays?
1: Who plays Bernard, the uh, ah,
0: okay. museum
1: guy. And if you look at him, he actually looks like Ben Stiller.
0: <laughs> yeah, he does actually. got kind of guy kind he's of got that hair.
1: yeah. I'm actually I'm do you know what? I'm quite pleased that you liked it because I think it's a good film to be able to have. Yeah. And maybe sorta of say, Oh, it it did well in um it did it did quite it did alright. It wasn't like the best film that they've done. Yeah. Um critics said it was it was like a nice basically what you said, it was a nice romp, mm. nothing memorable. But I think it's a good film to sort of know so that where people can ask you for like a random superhero film, you can say, This one's completely different. Because it is, you have, it goes along the same sort of lines of good versus evil, but how it goes about it is
0: different. Absolutely. And what what it's got is it's got a funny looking character with lots of colours for kids that Mm -hmm. they can sort of appreciate. And then it's got a nice little moral tale there for anybody else who's been dragged along to see it. Do you know what I really do like? And you can talk about this again with uh, Trouble in Paradise, is just the way... Watching films is a completely different experience, especially when you take in that era of, of Mega Mind, which is 2010. Did you yeah. say? So that was sort of in the height of
1: Pixar. 3D. I, well,
0: no, 3D films.
1: Was I was gonna say because um, that's also the time that the first Despicable um, Me
0: ah, film right, okay. came out.
1: So that sort of thing, because just Before Me ended up eclipsing it.
0: Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: because it was there was just there was more stuff for kids. Yeah, they, well, really.
0: they had minions.
1: They had minions. Minion isn't... He's kind of cute looking, but there's only one of him. Yeah. I like the little robots.
0: <laughs> the little robots are cool. The little
1: flying robots that were really cute.
0: But it's watching films like this, because we watch this just in our living room on the TV, it's picking up on those shots that are obviously made for 3D. hmm And understanding that, like, they change their film language, how they tell stories, to fit in with the form. Yeah. And when you look at Trouble in Paradise, where you would just have these long scenes where a camera wouldn't cut because do you know what they didn't need to. Mm-hmm. You don't get the coverage; you just get normally a two shot because see a camera there. They say their lines cut. There's very little thing more to do there because the cameras were a ton weight. Yeah. Whereas. When you're actually telling a story regarding and t- taking into consideration, okay, this has been going to be shown in this format, it sort of instantly ages your film because you can say, okay, that's a 3 D moment. It was probably released between X and Y. See,
1: I don't see that. I can see bits where, yeah, that would have been looked really good if it was in 3D, but I don't, I don't, I don't see it in that way. And maybe just because I'm, I'm not as big a film buff as you. Thing that I really liked about this was that it shows how like relationships, experiences, and just being around just general positivity mm-hmm. can completely change your whole outlook on life. Like Roxy doesn't do anything special to make him She's literally at the start. She's just a friend. She spends time with him. She accepts him. Just so people know, he doesn't know he has got a disguise on, so that she doesn't know that yeah. he's the guy that who's always abducting her. Um, yeah, so, but, but he's, he's still himself on the side. He's still saying things that he feels that he would just mm. come out with normal. He just looks different. Um, she just treated him like an, like a normal a person. Yeah. Which he'd never ever had before. And I just like to think that it, it's a good way to sort of look at it. Mm. When kids look at it, and go, Oh, well, she's being nice to him. So then he starts being nice. Whereas Hal was, the most toxic awful person even before he accidentally got the the powers he was so into thinking that him and Roxy should be together and in his warped mind actually were together yeah 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 that he just couldn't take no for an answer and it becomes this if I think if the film was longer and they went into it more, it would literally be like an abusive relationship. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It was it like how he treat how he I even mean,
0: like, I mean, if, if it wasn't the kids. If
1: it wasn't the kids, it would be an abusive relationship. But it kind of touches on that and it also shows the damage that absolute unlimited power and unchecked power can do to people. So you've got to have that system of if you do something wrong, you have to be called out on it, mm. no matter who you are, because it makes you better as a person. You just, But you just can't then go, okay, wait, well, you've done something bad, so you will always be bad, because then they are going to always be bad.
0: Yeah. Can I call somebody out, though? Yeah. Will Ferrell's terrible Marlon Brando impression. Oh,
1: God. It, but he said that he did it on purpose <laughs> bad. That, and he always calls Metro City um, Matrosity. yeah yeah
0: yeah he just
1: he can't say oh shul instead of school <laughs> I love how he pronounces things apparently a lot of it was ad-libbed as well he oh, just no sort doubt. of made like bunches of it up and just people just had to roll with it
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a likeable film as I say it's not a film that I love <clears> or I rush out to see again but so when it's on it's got you
1: yeah now would you think then is he a lovable criminal
0: to you <laughs> Do you know what I think he he is? But again, I think he sort of he becomes not a criminal. So he's it's <laughs> one of those things. Does does a criminal need to go on that sort of path to be well? Let's call it, let's call it the righteous path of not <laughs> being a criminal to be likable. I could if Mega was still.
1: I still quite liked him when he was evil mainly because he was so goofy. Well,
0: that, I think that's it, isn't it? It's sort of like just the way. If he's sort of goofy and he's, he's funny, then that's the personality that you like, not his actions.
1: But for me, if he's lovable, it'll be their personality as well.
0: Mm, that's true.
1: Like, you're not going to love somebody, no matter how charming and how nice they are, if they're going off and they're committing absolute but, murders everywhere. But
0: I do actually like the um, the part of the film where I think he's on a date with Tina Fey's character, Ro- Roxy. Roxy. In where she's saying, like, okay, we I don't judge a person by the way he looks. And he sort of gets up and he says, I judge them by their actions. And it's he's like, okay. Um, crap.
1: Yeah.
0: But again, I think it looks at that idea of just because somebody looks different, don't treat them different, because that's going to make it, it spiral hmm. going down. So I do like that, the fact that kids can watch it and say, just because somebody looks different, then we shouldn't. I you think, mean?
1: Yeah, and I also think that you know you can make up for pa- If you've done stuff in the past, you 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 can move on from that. You can grow. Mm. You shouldn't hold somebody's past against them. Though, as far as we know, Megamind never killed anybody.
0: So. <laughs> do you have any fun facts?
1: I do have some fun facts. Okay, first off, um, when Megamind takes over the city, there are posters of Megamind all around that says "No, you can't," which were ripped off from Obama's cool. campaign. Um. Yes, you can. Um, it was released in Japan only last year. Really? Yeah, because when it was due to be released originally, a huge earthquake happened. All right. So they actually didn't release it, and they didn't release it until last year, to sort of like out of respect and to move everything around. I have two more. Right. So, would you like? The world record one first, or would you like the funny one first?
0: Oh, the well world record.
1: Okay, um, to promote the film, Will Ferrell held a party and invited all wannabe superheroes. So it was basically anybody could turn up dressed as a superhero. The event set a world a Guinness World Record for the largest gathering of superheroes, totaling 1,580 people. <laughs> I believe that the previous record was about 76 (laughs) so they totally smashed that um and the funny one which is funny but it's also kind of bad um massachusetts cinema was meant to be playing megamind to a bunch of kids but accidentally screened saw 3d
0: (laughs) it happens more than you really understand especially especially trailers it's like horrific when they get like yeah people are wanting to go see whatever um Paw Patrol, and then they show a trailer for Woman in Black. <laughs> Crazy, um,
1: but yeah, they, I I saw that. It made me, um, it made me giggle.
0: <laughs> so yes, I think that might be. The end of another episode.
1: That is it. Next
0: um, week will be a little bit different because we'll be doing another History Makers.
1: Yes, we will. We're going to do another History Maker
0: for the next week. Yeah, for episode 10. We'll reach 10 next week.
1: 10! <laughs> We're in double figures. And as
0: always, you can contact us through our email at hfhmpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. You can do Instagram.
1: Which is at uh, hisfilmhermoviepodcast.
0: Yeah, on Twitter at at hisfilmhermovie. And yeah, you can just rate us and reviewers on iTunes, followers. Sorry, not iTunes. Apple Podcasts, yes. You know, followers on Spotify, on Stitcher, on wherever you get your podcast. We'll be there. I've pretty much guaranteed oh. it. Oh, now we
1: are our other podcast now on YouTube.
0: I'm not sure yet. I'm looking into do that.
1: Okay.
0: Um, and hopefully we'll be able to get all the shows up on YouTube. Um. Not that there's gonna be any video, it's just gonna be us talking, but
1: It'll just be like this. Yeah. But you no. Know, maybe we can put a screenshot of pie.
0: Maybe <laughs> just, just have a cat.
1: <laughs> just have general like cat poses for like <laughs> forty minutes. I'll we'll have that for you guys. It'll be nice and relaxing.
0: <laughs> but yeah, that I believe is another episode down the pan. Down, down you, the pan? Down the toilet. That's no, not a the, good the, thing. No. That well, is another episode In the can. In, In the bag. In the bag, in the can, whatever you want to say. The can is in the. No, in the can is as if you're in a film and you've put the film in the can. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oh, God. Goodbye. Bye.